Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. What's up, Buttercups? Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 241. Yes, the most 241-ish episode I've ever recorded, if I could say so, and I will say so, the best episode named 241 I've ever recorded. I'm, of course, Brian McWilliams, your one and only, here a little bit ill-prepared today. I'm not going to lie to you. I uh, had my parents in town this past uh, week, and which is great. You know, great to see my father, catching up with him, talked a lot of politics, of course. My dad actually lives in Florida. Well, my mom and my dad live in Florida and has for some time. And uh, took it upon himself to wear a Don't Fauci My Florida t-shirt, <laughs> which he wore everywhere in L.A. where we went. And uh, much to the credit of the L.A. population, at least where I live, there actually was not any uh, fuck yous yelled. Nobody gave him the finger. And in fact, the majority of responses from people was to say, hey, I like your shirt. Now, I, of course, have a similar uh, concept shirt, which you can find in the show notes at Electric Hamland, my little t-shirt shop, which is Thrust the Experts, pretty funny little t-shirt that I piss off all the Karens in my neighborhood by wearing. But like I said, I was impressed with the fact that not anybody said anything negative, and the most responses to this don't Fauci my Florida shirt were positive because people are fed the fuck up with COVID, with Fauci and everything else, even here in crazy Los Angeles. But- Getting back to my original point, I'm a little bit ill-prepared. My parents are in town, and uh, my dad and I went golfing yesterday, and uh, I got, I don't know if it was a combination of food poisoning. We went and got some fresh seafood and oysters and stuff like that the night before, or if it was a combo of that with extreme dehydration, because we were out uh, playing golf, and it was probably 90, and they, for no reason I could figure out, took all the water containers off the golf course. So it used to be big jugs, you know, like construction workers have in their cars, big jugs that you take water out of with little disposable plastic cups and you'd get water or you'd fill up a fucking bottle that you brought and then you'd throw it away or you'd take the bottle with you. No chance of getting COVID nor spreading COVID outside of the hot, hot sun and with disposable paper cups, but they have taken all the water off the golf course. So if you don't have a bottle of water and I drank mine and the cart girl doesn't come around and you're on the far part of the course, you can't get any goddamn water. And if you're sipping on some whiskey, as I was, you can get very overheated. And I think that's what happened because I got home. I had a horrible migraine headache for the entire evening, the entire night. I didn't sleep at all last night. Just miserable. Kind of felt like I had fevery and just, you know, and, and then also all sorts of horrible issues with my, uh, my stomach, which I guess also a symptom of dehydration. So I uh, don't feel great. <laughs> don't feel great. But nevertheless, I shall seek to persevere for you fine people. But uh, yeah, it just, you know, it just was kind of interesting to me to see that reaction to his Fauci shirt. And again, you know, it's why I see all these things happening and they are very black pilling things, right? They make me sad. They make me angry. The L.A. County City Council is having a vote tomorrow on whether or not they're going to require a vaccine passport to go to your bars, your restaurants, all this other shit. And I, of course, uh, at the urging of Angela McArdle and the Mises Caucus, got a nice email from her today saying, hey, here's all the stuff. Here's the emails. Sent some emails over to the council members telling them I resist health fascism. Filled out the L.A. County uh, poll saying I oppose this stuff. It probably won't do any good. These people are not 
in any way reined in by science, by fact, by logic, or by public sentiment, it seems, at least not at this point. So I anticipate a vaccine passport being implemented here. But to try to fight against it, I will uh, try my best to go to the protest on Friday at City Hall, make my voice heard. But that being said, you know, all these black-pilled moments, they make me pissed off. But at the same time, I am white-pilled in so many ways because I do see a lot of people waking up, especially that younger generation, waking up and coming around to this. At the same time, it's becoming more transparent to me. Oh, and by the way, before I go too far, those of you watching the video, you can see my fantastic Taxation is Death t-shirt. Uh, and also, I haven't gotten mine in the mail yet. I got to put it in order. We have a brand new t-shirt at the Lions of Liberty store. Just go to lionsofliberty.store. It's called Hands Up, Don't Nuke. And of course, this is in response to the numerous times Democratic politicians, Biden, Swalwell, among others, have threatened to nuke the population of the United States. Brand new shirt, the Lions of Liberty store. And good news, guys, if you sign up for our Patreon at certain levels, you get a free t-shirt included. So go to patreon.com. You can uh, sign up for as little as five bucks a month, get access to all of the debates early, the conspiracy corners, another one of those just dropped. Do nothing, man. Yes, it's coming. I promise you. <laughs> Do nothing, man. As soon as that pops within uh, the next week. And also my daily rants. Good morning, fuckhead, which I did not get to do one this morning. I was just uh, too, too miserable to do one. I, uh, I literally just went, went back to bed. But patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. And yes, we are getting our locals page up and running. Our, uh, our social media, uh, I don't know what you call him. Debutante. <laughs> it's not the right word, but I think it's a funny word to use. <laughs> uh, Justin Campbell is working with us to get that up and running. So those of you on locals, we're going to have another option where you can support the show and engage in the community. Again, trying to get in front of the censorship we know is coming as well. Circling back here. You know, one of the things that's become really transparent to me as I've been looking at the media hoopla going on and also just, you know, in our, in our little lines of email chain, lines of email, lines of liberty email chain, which of course is me and Mark and Rico and Howie and Odie and JB, you know, uh, we will talk about the news links that Howie sends out. And we're talking about how Mark had mentioned that, you know, his family and, and some of his, his siblings are fighting with him about vaccinations and think that he's insane. I think I told you guys how my sister, maybe I didn't tell you, but my sister had insisted that I get a COVID test because I'm crazy and unvaccinated. My parents, who are vaccinated, were coming out to visit me. And oh my God, I'm risking their lives by not being vaccinated. Now we're seeing this play out in any number of American families, and I'm sure families at large throughout the world. You've got a media frenzy that's pitting people against each other. And I talked last week about how you're now pitting the entire vaccinated population who've been forced into this, those who are voluntarily lining up to, to prove some political point, or, of course, those who legitimately had a danger, you know, the elderly. Now you've got these people trying to force, like L.A. County, on the bill for tomorrow's vote, uh, or on the, do the uh, docket, to force all of the city workers into getting vaccines. So you have this mandatory vaccination, which people are now going to be saying, well, if I had to do it, you have to do it. But for those other people, right, they've been media frenzied to the point where they literally still think that COVID to this day is something that's going to wipe people out, that's going to run rampant, even though we see there's been massive caseload rises, but the death rate hasn't gone up, that the hospitalizations with extreme, um, you know, extreme symptoms haven't gone up. 
you've got people over in Iceland and their head epidemiologist basically said, look, we just had the equivalent of 100,000 cases if that was in U.S. size, right? Equivalent of 100,000 cases in the U.S. in a day. This is after they did the lockdowns. This is after the, oh, the vaccines. This is after everything. It doesn't work. And he's saying, look, we just have to accept that this is here to stay. We just have to go to herd immunity. We have to, we have to learn to live with this. The UK epidemiologists are saying the same thing. We have to learn to live with this virus. But of course, the mainstream media, where are they reporting on that? Non-existent. Instead, it's beating the vaccination drum over and over. It's pointing the finger at the unvaccinated. It's telling people that anybody that's dying is unvaccinated. Well, maybe that's true. Again, they don't go into the reasons. They don't go into the age categories of the people that are unvaccinated. They don't go into the comorbidities of the people that are unvaccinated that are dying. And again, these aren't people dying in droves. But you've got this media frenzy built around dividing people, built around literally creating such a fervor around a certain topic that it is dividing families, that is keeping loved ones apart. And to the point where people are, are intentionally, even if they say, okay, You've had COVID, right? And I got vaccinated, but you still aren't vaccinated. You know, fuck you. I don't want to eat with you. I don't want to dine with you. I think you're a bad person now because you didn't go along with what the government had told you to do. Now, what's interesting to me is you're not just seeing this in COVID only, right? You look to a lot of the things that are going through the media cycle right now. And in general, and I'm trying to tie these things together in my mind because I'm seeing a pattern. Right. First, it was Donald Trump. Donald Trump became this really, uh, you know, just a man who was so polarizing that it broke families up. And we read all those stories about daughters not talking to their fathers and fathers not talking to their sisters and all this other shit about because one of them wanted to vote for Donald Trump or did vote for Donald Trump. But the media had built this man and the abundant coverage painting him to be a Russian asset, painting him to be a racist, painting him to be a woman-hating bigot, painting him to be a, you know, a warmongering psychopath that couldn't be trusted to have nuclear weapons. God forbid, he'll definitely push the button. Of course, those things seem to be demonstrably false. I mean, maybe he's a, maybe he's a bigot, maybe he's a womanizer, I don't know. But the point being, the media demonized him from day one, from the get-go, from before day one. All of the shit that they built up around Russiagate, all these other things proved to be false. They fell apart under any scrutiny. And yet you had people literally refusing to sit down at the Thanksgiving dinner table with family members who they have known their entire lives and never had a problem with. But now the wedge has been driven between those families. And I start thinking to myself, is this coincidence? Or is this something that's intentional? Something that's a little bit more nefarious and tying into a grander scheme that these people want to explore? I look at some other topics, right? We uh, look at climate change, for example. A new climate report just came out. And of course, the media is glomming on to the worst possible scenarios in this IPCC sixth climate report that they've issued. Naturally, there's a range of possible outcomes that this IPC report is, is saying. Uh, I personally don't even believe the lowest end assumptions of the report, but on the highest end, which is what all the media reports, they never report the positive side of things, right? Oh, well, you know, if things just kind of get a little bit worse, well, it'll be like this and it won't be a big problem. And of course, CO2 leads to greening and, you know, 
on and on, but they'll instead talk about the worst case scenarios, how we could see up to four degrees of warming. Now, of course, I'm reading different articles about this report that's predicated on a presumption. This worst case scenario, right, is predicated on a presumption that we'll have three times the amount of coal being burned in the next, whatever, 15 years. And that's why we're going to have this warming. Okay. Now, even if you presume that China is going to continue its uh, economic growth and its output, and they're going to go, they're not going to switch like every other nation does, which gets away from coal and goes into cleaner energies as you get more GDP, as your society develops. Why would the media report such a ridiculous uh, premise other than to intentionally push this, again, it's, it's like this cult mentality of, okay, we want to scare the shit out of you. And we want to cause something that's going to be so divisive to anybody that disagrees. Because we've seen how they position this. It's either you believe everything that's being said. You believe the worst possible outcomes. You believe that the world is going to be underwater. That island nations are going to disappear. That everyone's going to starve. That the world's become a Sahara desert. Or if you don't, if you dare to question it, or if you dare to say, well, maybe that's not the outcome, or maybe humanity will find a solution, which is what I believe we have in the past. We have, in, you know, we will in the future find a way to work around this through technological advancement and collaboration, as humans do. But if you dare to believe something different than what the orthodoxy is handed down by the government, handed down by the leftist mainstream media, well, you deserve to be cut off from your family. You deserve to be ostracized. You're clearly insane. You clearly can't be trusted to have any sort of logical understanding of the world because you dare to question the quote-unquote accepted science. You dare to question the mainstream media narrative. Now, look at how this all ties in, though, right? And especially where it comes into destroying the family unit. We already know that social, you know, uh, socialists, communists, Marxists, leftist progressives have targeted the family unit. This has been an ongoing campaign, right? We look at everything that's going on with the welfare state. We look at everything that goes on with the uh, child and uh, family services and the way in which they try to separate children from parents under ridiculous circumstances. Now, that's just to say that there's some people probably don't deserve to have their kids with them, you know, the ones that are truly abusive or neglectful. But for the most part, you can have your kids taken away for any number of reasons, like letting them walk to the park on their own and being reported for that too many times. Insane things. But in a broader sense, you look at the welfare state, how it's enticing people and incentivizing people to break up that family unit. You look at the war on drugs. What does the war on drugs achieve more than anything? Destroying family units, especially black family units. What does Marxism really want, really depend on? Well, they don't want you to be able to have a strong family unit to depend on. They don't want you to have other people to discuss topics of the day, to depend on if you're in an emergency situation, to look to for help and support if you have a, a health problem, to look for financial support, to have family businesses that you can hire people and give them jobs, or to have any other sort of voice here of reason or allegiance, right? What do the old godfathers things say? You never go against the family. Well, now it seems that the media and the government keep feeding out all of these topics that seem to me to be intentionally divisive to the point where they're trying to drive people crazy so that they turn on their own family. I mean, you see this with see something, say something extremism too, right? Extremism, another one. Well, if you see somebody being an extremist, you better tell the government so we can take away their guns. Got to get these red flag laws in place. Tell me that's not going to break your family up. You go report your brother-in-law for having a gun because you got an argument with him over fucking Trump. 
And now they have somebody knocking on his door, taking his guns away, putting him on a list where he's not allowed to get them back. I'm going a little bit down conspiracy corner here, but I do think that this has a tie-in. I think that this is an intentional uh, goal because to undermine the family, to undermine, you never go against the family, to undermine the family unit, to undermine all of that support, all of that understanding, all that conversation, all of that different way of living, passed down values, cultural values, different opinions, and historical truths that have been passed from generation to generation, and instead replace all of that with a state, top down, your God, your mother, your father, your new family. There is a reason they have specifically laid out that the nuclear family is evil and should be eradicated, and it's because that gets in the way of power. That gets in the way of trust of the state. That gets in the way of looking to the state for all of your health, all of your income, all of your support, all of your information. This is not unintentional. So keep your eyes open. When you see these stories run through the media cycle, keep your eyes open, because you're going to see more and more stories that are literally targeted, that are played up to be divisive, that they know they can get people fired up and they know there is going to be a very strict delineation and a huge chasm between portions of the population that cannot be uh, breached or or, uh, bridged in any manner in the way in which we dialogue as society today. Because you've got the silos from social media feeding people only that dialogue. You've got television networks only feeding that dialogue to that one person, what they want to hear, when they want to hear it. The other side is getting what they want to hear, when they want to hear it. So, of course, both sides think the other side's crazy. And who wins in the end when the family units are broken up? Government. Because that's the stable, right? That's the arbiter of truth. And we've had that brought up several times. AOC famously brought up that there has to be a truth commission. The government is now your arbiter of truth. The government is now your great wise grandfather who's going to get involved and tell you everything that's right and wrong in society. The government will get involved and make all your problems go away. You got to trust me. I'm the only one here that's not crazy. Bullshit. So watch your P's and Q's, people. Watch that family unit. Keep it intact. Oh, okay. What do we want to get into today? So I want to talk a little bit more about COVID stuff. Uh, The CDC has said there is limited evidence that recovered COVID-19 patients need vaccine. Now, of course, limited evidence means virtually zero evidence. And when I've been arguing this forever as well, this is why I believe in herd mentality. This is why herd immunity, not herd mentality. (laughs) Tyranny of the herd mentality. This is what I've been arguing forever is that, you know, the vaccines are supposed to help us reach herd immunity. But if the Delta variant breaks through anyway, and we know that natural COVID immunity actually works pretty damn well against Delta, then I don't know what the problem is. I mean, I know you can still get it just like you can probably get a flu bug and a different flu bug. I've had it happen to me before. It just has to be accepted that this is, in fact, a, it's a flu bug. That's what it is. It operates as such. It's going to be around as such. It's not going anywhere. So the faster you get the most amount of people infected that are re- reasonably healthy, that have a reasonable chance of surviving this, which is 99% of the population, like to remind you, well, then we can move on. But it's just it's aggravating to see this, quote unquote, limited evidence that recovered COVID-19 patients needed the vaccine because they're leaving that door open to cover their own asses, right? That's all this is. And I've said this in the past in regards to how they're forcing this on everybody and how the people that have adopted the vaccine have to 
abide by it. They have to live and die by vaccinations are the end all be all. They are the savior. You have to live and die by the COVID lockdowns being the end all be all. So how the mask mandates have to be implanted because they, they are all important because if they don't, they're bad people. And it's the same thing here. The government's trying to cover its own ass because if people wake up and see what the fuck actually happened here, they're going to realize that the government is manned by bad people, that it is run by bad actors and that yes, it operates like a mafia family, right? And I'm saying you got to keep the family unit, never go against the family. Well, the government's the same thing, except it's family unit. It fucking reproduces like rabbits or rats in the fucking walls. You can't stop it. And once it's got this power, once it's got this massive amount of infrastructure, I mean, fuck, how, what are we tacking on another $4 trillion this year on votes that they're trying to put out there? Didn't bailouts and handouts and everything else to keep people on the government dole, to try to keep people unemployed. Just like I'm saying, the family businesses out there. Who got hit hardest during this? Small family businesses. And who's stepping in to pay the bills now for the sons and the daughters that got put on whaler furloughed that we can't open the tailor shop today, can't open the pizza shop. Well, pizza shops all did well, but you know, saying whatever these small businesses, oh, that's right. The government's coming in. We're going to pay you more than you made anyway, working for your dad. It's fucking unbelievable. But some other things here. Moderna is now saying a booster is likely needed before winter. No shit. Of course. Anybody that didn't think boosters were going to be in the plan for this COVID are insane and not thinking like an evil, maniacal genius uh, that like those that run pharmaceutical companies and, of course, are tied in with big government. Because we know that once you set a precedent for this type of virus, which is basically the flu it's why you can go get a flu shot. A flu shot is basically a booster. That's that's all it is. You're going in, you're getting a booster shot designed to cater to whatever, you know, couple strands of virus are most prolific during that flu season. Okay? But now we're operating under the presumption that this booster is mandatory, that you have to get it. Otherwise, you want people to die. So they're setting us up essentially for a booster, what, twice, three times a year? People that just got the vaccine. Again, the vaccine's only been out for, what, six months? Now, people that have the vaccine have to get another booster. Before winter, right? So it's coming up. So you're going to get two shots in a year. Now what's going to happen when there's three more variants coming over? Well, you have to get three shots a year, right? And who's paying for this? Is it eventually going to fall on the American people to pay for it on their own? To decide whether or not they want to pay for that flu shot? Because I can guarantee you the... Uh, Rate of people getting injected is going to severely drop if people have to pay out of their own pockets, or is it going to go through insurance? In which case, everybody's insurance is going to go up. Or is the government going to continue to pay for it? In which case, we'll just have to print more fucking money, won't we? But the idea that you could institute a policy in which an entire population is indoctrinated into the notion that they need regularly sanctioned shots from big mama government terrifies me. I mean, and again, maybe this episode is going to go down conspiracy lane even farther because I am a little delirious from lack of sleep and from shitting my fucking brains out uh, all night long. But, you know, that's where you do wonder, OK, what if you get into nanotechnology? What if you get into tracking? What if you get into uh, microchips that are minuscule in size that can be injected? Or what if you just get into various substances like they've done in the past with MK Ultra or injecting whatever else? I mean, how easy is it to inject the population with experimental drugs when you're controlling the injections, when you're paying for them, when everybody's mandated to get them at all times? We can't say it's past the government to do this because they've done it. 
They've done it multiple times to multiple unsuspecting populations. So this isn't something out of sci-fi. This isn't a fucking Ray Bradbury novel. This is real life. And we're just accepting and introducing it into our cultural lexicon. In addition now to doubling down on it and trying to make an app that can track where you go, that has backdoors people can get into to access your health information, figure out where you've gone, who you've talked to, where you're interacting with. I mean, this is the most dystopian shit possible. And we're already seeing, too, with these vaccine passports in France, you have cops going up to people sitting outside of cafes and asking to see their vaccine passports. So now, not only are they going to go in and, I guess, find people that don't have them on, well, now, of course, they're going to go and find the business owners. So it's a nice moneymaker for the government, in addition to everything else, right? You get to find these people, shut them down, in addition to showing your authoritarian streak. How dare you Go against the government. How dare you go against what we told you is right? How dare you try to run a private fucking business and operate under the whatever you want to do there? You know, if you want to make people feel comfortable, you can ask them to show it or you cannot, or you can trust your customers. You know, I don't get asked any number of things when I walk into the gym. I don't ask me if I have hep C. They don't ask me if I have open wounds. They don't ask me if I have fucking tuberculosis when I walk in. But goddamn COVID, a fucking flu bug, this I have to show a passport for. This is going to get me fined, potentially thrown into jail. God forbid I have a fake card. I mean, th again, this, this all sounds very black-pilled, but I'm telling you, the pushback is starting. Even the younger generations, you're seeing the pushback. These people that are seeing this, that are young, that are out there, they're the least at risk. They're seeing this crazy authoritarian shit be pushed through here, and it's not going to fly. I'm very, very positive right now on the fact that I think we're going to see a turnabout. Mark is going the other way. Mark says LA is a dead city. Maybe he's right. But as far as I know, I can go to my bar right down the street. They don't ask the mask. They're not checking shit, and I don't think they're ever going to stop. You come in with a mask on, they kick you right the fuck out. Ah, oh, I was just seeing the thing, the thing that spurred that initial rant, by the way, about friendships and family units being broken up was that 20% of Americans say they lost friendship over coronavirus disagreements. Now, I haven't lost any friendships myself. I've gotten in some fucking arguments with people, though. I'll tell you that much. Um, there's people that I, anytime I post anything about COVID on my Facebook page or, you know, I know who's going to comment on it instantly. Most people know, look, if you're going to try to argue with me, you're going to lose, don't engage, but as long as the, the fucking cultists that come out and comment stupid shit like, you know, we went to high school together. I can't believe you've gotten dumber. Like, well, bitch, it looks like one of us has to go back to high school because one of us actually is following the science here. One of us actually understands what's happening here. And one of us is just a simp that's going along with what you spoon fed. Oh, okay. What else? This is going to be, again, I know I said this last few shows, but short show. But this one's really going to be a short show. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting was Rand Paul had a nice resist message he's getting some shit for. And I'll just play a little bit for you here because I don't want to, uh, oops, I don't want to go full three minutes. But let me just share my screen here. And you can see Rand Paul's resist message, which naturally he is getting all sorts of shit for because you can't have anybody talk. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. 
Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to so work. So I in love person. that. That's something where, whoops, let me close that out. I love that. Now, now this is something that DeSantis in Florida has actually talked about too. Cutting the funding, cutting these people off the knees that are working and they're saying, we're going to enforce the mass mandates anyway, even though you said you're not going to, that are working for federal dollars. And I like that Rand Paul's coming out here and saying this, and it makes me wonder. Also, by the way, pull us. I don't have the thing queued up in streaming. I don't have to get that working. <laughs> I have a little graphic that pops up with Rand and it'll say pull us in big letters blinking above his head. Hair looks crazy on Rand, by the way. It's like getting crazier as it gets grayer. But I wonder if this is something where he's going to be angling for that VP slot. Because really, other than Massey, I mean, Rand Paul has been very, very effective in messaging and pushing back against Fauci. He has owned Fauci repeatedly time and time again. Now, the predictable feedback from this video, like in places, you know, politicos and everything else, it's the the predictable pushback is saying that Rand Paul is putting out dangerous messaging that we need to resist this crazy bullshit that, I mean, Rand's right. There's no science behind any of it. Uh, there's no science behind the six feet social distance. You ever, by the way, you notice you never hear anybody talk about social distancing anymore. You see some stuff on the floors and restaurants left over. What, what happened to that? What happened to that? What happened to that Obama's birthday party where there were like 400 people dancing cheek to cheek in there, including all these assholes that talked about mask wearing and, and not getting, getting together and how dangerous it is. Yada, yada. Social distancing, not a thing anymore. Ah. Oh, that's right. Because it was never a fucking thing. That it was horseshit from the get-go. That it never had a foundation in any science whatsoever. That it was a presumption to say, okay, well, why not? If people have to stand farther apart, then the uh, the germs have to travel farther. A derp. Nobody talks about that shit anymore. Masks, same thing. Okay. Well, they don't work. They don't stop the virus if they're the cloth masks that just hang in front of your face. A uh, yeah, And that's all that's required. Again, they're not requiring people to wear the N95 super breather mask that they were in surgeries and everything else. No, they just say, put a bandana over your face. So what's the fucking point? But I like Rand talking about pushing back on this, defunding people, you know, stopping the funding from coming through. This is what you know, Michael Bolden was talking about in the concept for getting in front of the NSA by cutting off the water to their buildings. You know, these ways that you can go around about and stop this sort of authoritarian push. Um, but it's just, it's interesting to see Rand coming out with this. I like it. I'm a big fan of it. And I really do think that he's going to try to get that VP slot with DeSantis. Let's say Trump may run again. He's certainly angling for it. But I think I'm calling it here first. DeSantis, Paul is going to be your GOP ticket moving forward. They've been the two guys that have been the strongest on COVID against lockdowns. And as of right now, uh, I think DeSantis is pretty damn favorable in the early polls. And if you pair him with Paul, who had, of course, some momentum before, uh, before Trump took all the air out of the room, and who has always just, he's been a firebrand on this shit, I think you could have a real interesting ticket there. So, something to watch. 
Um, I already talked about the UN climate report a little bit, so I'm not going to get any more into that other than, you know, it's the same. It's like when the, the, <laughs> what is it? The uh, Bureau of Atomic Scientists. I can't remember what the name of the exact organization is, but they have that nuke clock, you know, the doomsday clock. And every year they move it forward a minute. They make a big fucking deal about doing it. Oh, we're this much closer to nuclear holocaust. And it's all horseshit. Why? Because Iran is we're pretending Iran's closer to having a nuclear weapon. They're not. Because why? China, they're not. At this point, the only danger of a nuclear holocaust is going to come from a truly dystopian future breakdown wherein there is nothing left to lose for somebody. You're like, you know, that's where Kim Jong-un is more terrifying than anybody else as far as nuclear holocaust. China's not going to nuke the United States because that's mutually assured destruction, just like Russia, just like anything else. It's stupid. All of this hoopla where these people put out these far-reaching, absolutely unprovable, and based upon bad science and bad data most of the time, bad modeling. Another thing that Michael Schellenberger is great at talking about in his books, but also numerous other articles I just read, and talking about specifically IPCC reports and various other models, wherein they take out the data points that don't coincide, that these things are unreliable, and by by factors of like three, by factors of four times, the what you think would be a reasonable amount of error. And then they just fucking push them out. And everybody goes and makes a big fucking deal of it. And we're supposed to change the world. Like the IPCC report, I read one article saying, well, this says we have to fundamentally change everything. Okay, so we're going to shut down society. According to the last report, we were already too far gone to change anything anyway. So wouldn't that mean we shouldn't change shit, that we should instead look to develop new technologies Right. Just keep on keeping what we're doing and try to find ways to mitigate the damage being done to find cleaner resources moving forward. But until that time, what are you going to you're going to incur billions and trillions in costs? I mean, look, you become Germany importing natural gas while your fucking power bills go up four times more. You people who pretend to care about the poorest among us. Oh, what about those islanders that live in huts that they're, you know, the sea level is going to rise and the, the turtles are going to wash up on the shore. OK, what about all the fucking people that can't afford to pay their gas bill? They can't afford food because you've made the cost of doing everything more expensive by trying to eliminate fossil fuels. Shipping vastly more expensive air, you know, heating and cooling your house vastly more expensive getting to and from work vastly more expensive every single thing on the shelves of the grocery store on top of covid supply issues now let's just fucking double those up because you fuckheads want to go and eliminate fossil fuels the only reliable source that we have right now that you can actually stockpile because you can't fucking stockpile wind and solar that well that's why you have grid problems that's why we have grid failures all over the place you need a fossil fuel backdrop and if you don't have that we need to develop something new and if this is really a problem, right? And, and so as far as I can see, it still doesn't seem to be really a problem to me. Well, until it's really a problem, maybe we won't turn our attention to it. But if it is, I'm sure humanity will find a solution because we found a solution to everything else before. And I'm sure there's technologies out there that exist that can be explored more, that can be developed further as needed. But for now, this is all just masturbatory bullshit from the left, from people that want to get that money coming in, right? I had a huge argument with a guy a uh, comedian friend of mine years ago on Facebook because he thought that there was more money and more influence coming from big oil than big green. And this is two years ago. I can't even imagine how fucking wrong he is now. I mean, you mean to tell me 
that big oils got more influence in universities, in think tanks, in, in uh, broad-stream multimedia corporations, in the mainstream news media, that they've got less money in grants coming through for this, that, and the other, that nonprofits don't have money. The amount of money in green research technology, startups, corporations, mitigations, carbon caps, that dwarfs the money in the fucking oil industry by 10 times over. And it's not even fucking close. So every time one of these reports comes out, this is people, just imagine little green dollars falling down like leaves falling from the trees in autumn. That's what you have to imagine every time one of these reports comes out, because that's what it means. And that's why these people are enticed to keep putting out fanciful, fantastic projections on shit that has a 0.2% chance of ever happening. If everything went catastrophically wrong all at once, right? It's like if all of a sudden all of the supermodels in the world decided they were going to come to my house and fuck me to death. Wow. Well, you know what? It would be a crazy, horrible way to go, but it's probably not going to happen. Actually, it'd be a crazy, great way to go. But point being, it's not going to happen. And this is all an exercise in cashing in on that green, keeping that shit going, making sure people stay scared, stay angry at their friends and relatives and keep that cash coming to keep boosting their research and keep boosting all this other horseshit. All right. Uh, by the way, before we finish up the show, I want to tell you, guys, tune in to Burning Daylight with Matt McKinley. Great show. Libertarian cowboy. Cow poking from the back of a horse. Literally from the back of a horse. Uh, fun show. Funny guy. And I highly recommend that. Friend of the show. Burning. That's not with a G. Burning. I-N apostrophe. Daylight. And then also, guys, check out Paloma Verde CBD. Mark said me I'm saying that wrong, but I'm not. Paloma Verde CBD. Maybe it's Paloma Verde. I don't know. What the fuck ever. P-A-L-O-M-A-V-E-R-D-E, CBD.com. They've got everything you want as far as your tinctures, as far as your salves, as far as your uh, your mints. They've got it all. Get yourself some aches and pains getting taken care of. You know, if you're having trouble streaking, you got a hurt shoulder, hurt, hurt back, or you just want to relax, calm down, calm your mind, and uh, and alleviate some of the uh, the things that are ailing you, you got to check this out. You can use promo code ROAR for 25% off of your order of $75 or more, and they always have free shipping. So check that out again, palomaverdecbd.com, promo code ROAR, 25% off your order of 75 bucks or more with free shipping. And um, yeah, also don't forget, go to that lionsliberty.store, get this t-shirt. Okay, now wrapping it up, Cuomo. Adios, Cuomo resigned. A little surprising. I was uh, I was talking to my dad about this, and I guess he was saying that the rumor was that Cuomo would not resign because if there was a lawsuit, right, if there were lawsuits coming at him for the sexual harassment shit, that the state would have to pay for his legal defense if he's still in office. So it would entitle entice him to stay in office and entitle him to those legal fees being paid for by the state. So yeah, it would make sense for him to stay in office. But then I guess they're talking about impeachment hearings and everything else. He announced today, or I guess yesterday when this airs, that he is officially resigning from office and uh, naturally gave a speech on his way out, just as Cuomo as you can be, avoiding any culpability for his actions and naturally talking about how, and I agree with him a little bit on this, (laughs) that 
You know, the whole Me Too thing, calling men out for every every single little, uh, you know, wink or nod has gone a little too far. But at the same time, knowing Cuomo as a man, seeing who he is, a person, all the reports of his just being a uh, a loud, violent asshole seems to indicate that probably a little bit more was done than just a, a gentle wink and a nudge here. And there's 11 women that have allegations that are out against him. So quite a heavy burden of uh, of proof there. But at the same time, Every news story is couching this as this he's going out because of the sex scam, right? I'm not seeing many stories talk about how it's about fucking time since the guy lied to the public, put out false statistics about nursing homes and forced people with COVID into elderly care homes, into nursing homes, which led to a vast death toll. He is solely responsible for that. He's the one that spearheaded it. Here's the one that forced it through. He's the one that fucking lied about it. And he's the one that tried to cover it up. But naturally, they don't want to talk about that because that then ties in once again to Democratic failures on COVID, how the most blue states had the worst results on fucking COVID and how none of this shit made sense from the get go. You know, at the beginning, and you could say, well, we didn't know at the time. We just thought they'd need care. Well, still, you forced people to go into these nursing homes. You took actions that were probably, uh, I would say, an abuse of power. But no, this is all just about sexual allegations because that's more important, right? Than killing people is grabbing a boob or a butt. Not saying grabbing a boob or a butt is right, but I'm saying one thing is clearly leaps and bounds ahead of the other insofar as why somebody should be forced to resign their governorship. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. I'm glad to see him on his way out. I'm sure he'll land a cushy gig co-hosting with his shitbag brother Fredo on CNN anytime in the next 10 to 15 minutes of them, if my time is correct here. Hopefully, Gavin Newsom is next on the block. You know, our governor here in California, he is up for recall mid-September. And as of, uh, I think just yesterday, a new poll came out saying that he is now not looking so hot. Before, the Democrats were pretty content saying, well, you know, there's not big opposition to him getting pulled out or there's not people in favor of his being pulled out. But now that's changed. Now it's past the 50 percent mark as far as people that want him out and the people that are inconsequential about it. They don't really give a shit. That's altering as well. So mm, please, God. And um, I know Jeff Hewitt is running here, a libertarian who is uh, how is he in, down in San Diego way. Think maybe he's down San Diego. We're not not exactly sure, but he's running for governor. Of course, he'd be a, a definitive long shot. But also, Larry Elder is running, who is libertarian-ish. I would say he's uh, I guess walks the line between libertarian and conservative. But big media presence in here. He's been on the radio at KBC here forever, uh, and he is a guy that you know is a man of color. He's well spoken. Um, if anybody was going to crack through and get that governorship. In this race at the moment, I would say he probably has the best chance. So we'll see. See what's happening there. All right. That's it. That wasn't too bad. Eh, wasn't too bad for being crapped out like I am. So that's going to do it, guys. Remember, always listen to the other shows. Subscribe. By the way, please go to our YouTube subscribe. We're trying to get our fucking monetization going so we can do live streams and you guys can throw bucks at us like we're strippers in Vegas. Trying to get that working again and appealing to YouTube, which is always a process. But Go, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Hit subscribe. If you are listening, please subscribe. Please also give us a review. Go anywhere you're listening. Give us that five-star review. Uh, tell a friend, post the show, share the clips, retweet it, do all that good stuff so we can help grow this show and keep growing our impact on culture and liberty. As you can tell, I have been 
really focusing on doing a lot more breakdowns into how we're going to impact culture, how we're going to impact and also diagnose the problems of what's going on, how communications are coming our way and how we can get in the way and fix that. So help us help you. And uh, don't be a jerk. Don't be lazy. Go support the show. Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. And listen to Mark doing his debate month. I was supposed to do a show against uh, Buck Johnson. Sadly, I think that is going to be, I don't know, either I have to find a different topic or I'll have to find a different host. So maybe I'll post a poll or do a, a call to see if anybody has something they want to debate me on because I was supposed to do the end of the month debate and uh, I was looking forward to it. So we'll see. See what happens there. But Mark's been doing some great debates. He just had uh, Ace Arkist and Brad Palumbo on Monday's show. Of course, Angela McArdle uh, was debating earlier against uh, Matt Erickson. And he's got some other ones lined up as well. So listen to that. And, of course, John tomorrow with Finding Freedom to wrap up your Lions of Liberty Week. All right. That's it for me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged in to Liberty. Liberty. 